Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to today's Badass Women's Hour in collaboration with W London and what she said. Um, we're really excited today because today we are going to be talking about women, power, and business which is where the money is. Um, I have a fabulous panel here today, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves. But first of all, my name is Harriet Minter. I am a journalist, speaker, and women in leadership advocate. So today is one of my favourite topics. And then to my left. Uh, I'm Emma Sexton. I'm the founder of Make Your Words Work. We're a design agency and also the co-founder of Flock. We're a global network for entrepreneurs built on collaboration. I'm Natalie Campbell. I run an agency called A Very Good Company, and we work within the space of helping businesses do good, um, and they do well if they're, they're doing good. So we have clients like Virgin Media and Channel 4, but I also, over the last year, have embraced this idea about being badass, and I love meeting women, and when we have conversations about what we want to do, just saying, just be badass about it. And there's a whole sort of swag and sensibility that, that goes with it. So I hope you get to feel some of that tonight. I'm Rachel Jackson, and I'm CEO and Creative Director of Rachel Jackson London. And we are an East London-based contemporary design um, label, jewellery label. Um, we specialise in personalised feel-good jewellery, and we've worked with uh, the likes of Phoenix, uh, Liberty and Goldsmiths. Fabulous. So if you've been to one of these before or you've heard it before, you'll know that we always kick off with our kind of thoughts about a couple of news stories that we've read this week. And so the first one that I feel that we have to talk about, because I just love her so much and the woman can do no wrong, is Michelle Obama's amazing speech backing Hillary Clinton last night. (laughs) So in case anyone hasn't heard it, she um, did her official speech, so it's quite a common thing in American <coughs> politics for politicians to kind of do an official, I am backing this candidate in the presidential race. Um, and Michelle Obama has come out and officially backed Hillary Clinton and was doing a speech kind of praising her last night. And in it, she really talked about the fact that having Hillary Clinton as a presidential candidate and potentially as president is a massive step forward for women because we will finally have a role model that we can aspire to. And she particularly talks about what that means for her daughters. So she said her daughters will finally know that they too can be president. And that really, like, I've just warmed the cockles of my heart. (laughs) Because I do really believe that you can't be what you can't see. Mm -hmm. And so we need those kind of visual role models to know. And I am a child of the Thatcher generation, (laughs) for better or worse. Um, but putting aside all her politics, 
I spent the first 12 years of my life thinking that to be Prime Minister, you had to be a woman, because that was all I ever saw. And it's never occurred to me that a woman couldn't be Prime Minister. Mm, interesting, isn't it? So is that, do we think, what's going to happen in America for young girls now? Or have we kind of got beyond the role model stage now? What do we think? Emma? I don't think you ever get beyond the role model stage. I'm with you in terms of that, you know, you can't, um, you can't be it if you can't see it, which is a, a common phrase. But you really need to see the, those people that you aspire to being. And I think you need, but you need short-term role models. You need the big aspirational ones, but then you also need some, like, people who are just perhaps a couple of years ahead of you or can actually be more inspirational. So, no, they're so important at every single stage, for sure. Rachel, have you had anyone in your life that you held up as a role model or somebody that you aspired to be? Um, my mum was always a role model. Um, I had teachers that were role models. Um, in business, um, I have a few role model role models. Uh, Anya Heimarsh is one. Um, but I think, yeah, you, you, uh, the more the merrier, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And Naki, what do you think about this idea that... Um, there are now going to be, if Hillary Clinton wins, there will be teenagers in America who have never known a white male president, mm -hmm. which, until Barack Obama, was all there had ever been, right? Is that, do you think that's going to be a real sea change for culture? I think for culture it will be. When, when you grow up in a world seeing something it becomes your norm and i feel that young people in america or, or, or even you know as you were saying in the uk it it makes it possible i think the us is a very specific context because they're also seeing lots of other stuff happening so they're seeing mass racial inequality they're seeing public figures um that are also presidential candidates stand up and say you are not worthy so i think you have the context of that with the context of possibility and I think where the interesting bit happens is everything in between. So what else is happening in education? And that's just not, not just there, but here. What's happening in education to help them understand and make sense of this? What's happening um, in terms of art, you know, artists and music and, and broader culture that's also explaining what that means for them? Um, and I worry that, that people think politics is about picking a side and therefore the side that you choose means you're not you don't like the other so a, a bit the whole black lives black lives matter movement people have taken that on board to say well if you're pro black lives matter you're anti everyone else and i politics for me isn't about that it's saying i have a position and a view but ultimately we're all here to serve and we're all here to make society better and i'd like to see it get back to a we're all here because we believe in something bit better. We all, we're all here because we, we don't like in, injustice. And I don't know if that's really filtering and, and coming through in the US. It's very volatile. Do you think... So I t sometimes wonder that we've almost got to a kind of hashtag politics mm. where if it can't be defined by a hashtag, if it can't be summed up in 140 characters, then as a political opinion, it, it, it can't be processed. Mm -hmm and we can't hear it. And I think that's really dangerous because then we lose all the nuance. Mm -hmm. And certainly as a writer, like you know when you're writing an opinion piece, you have to take a strong line. Mm. And quite often you want to put some nuance and some subtlety in there and it'll get edited out because they want a strong opinion. <laughs> but I don't think that's how our politics should behave. Mm -hmm. um, do we think 
having more women leading on that is going to change it? Or are we just, have we just got, for the, in a, in a hashtag way of putting it, men in skirts leading? Well, can I, so can I go back to your role model point first of all? Yeah. So I, I have moved away from this idea of role models to just people that inspire me. And actually right now I am inspired by 11, 12 and 13 year olds. I bloody love them. Um, <laughs> Because they're so, they, they hold a mirror up to your face and they, they don't think you're particularly cool. They think you're old. Well, I think I'm old. I'm 32 and they're like, oh, miss. I am. And I remember, if you remember being in school, the, the, end, the, the new teacher who was probably 21 or 22 was, you know, in your world, like nearly 40. So I understand. They look at me and they're like, oh, miss. And um, they asked me if my brother works in, in the school that I'm doing some work in. And they asked if I was his mum. Um, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I know, right? Uh, and then we went to an event, and they got a, 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 a women's leadership event. I took them along with me, and they got a bag full of goodies of, of like facial creams. And they walked up to one of the teachers with the best intentions in the world, and said, "Oh, Miss, we want to give you this gift." I, I was going to give it to my grandma, but I thought I'd give it to you instead. And this teacher's maybe just a slightly bit older than me. Um, <laughs> And so just being around them, they absolutely flip my mind because what they see in terms of the immediacy of war in front of their faces, the immediacy of, of murder in front of their faces, the immediacy of blood and guts and glory, not on a TV program, not in a drama, in the real world and how they internalize that and explain it back. It's just, it blows my mind. So they, I try and just be around them as much as possible. Um, and they are helping me grow and learn and understand the world because I'm looking at it through their eyes. How do they feel about it? Good question. They're slightly desensitised to it because they see it so often, mm. but they're also very scared by it. And they think that older people don't like them, that older people have an agenda against them. And obviously I'm generalising, but this is, this is what the guys, uh, kids have said. The, the girls are very badass. It might be because they <laughs> yeah, all work together and they don't have an, an, another choice. Um, but they are very badass and they're like, Miss, I would never take a job where I think a man's being paid more than me. Like, why would I do that? It's just stupid. I'm like, exactly. That's why you're here. Amazing. Yeah. So it, but I know that's not the norm. So I, I also spent some time with some girls last week and they were 16 and 17 and I knew it was the first time they'd ever, ever had anyone say, so people pat them on the head a lot. Oh, you're a girl. And it was the first I said that wasn't wasn't really good enough, really. Um, you can need to work on this, this, and this. And they got really really emotional and taken aback because people pat them on the head too much. Like, you're not in a world that pats you on the head. You're in a world that's going to call you out on something twice as much as it's ever going to call out a man. So I'm going to do you the favour now and tell you what you need to work on, what you need to develop, and you need to put yourself in a situation where you're standing up and presenting and pitching and talking and putting yourself out there in the world. Because if you ever want to be a leader, if you ever want to run a business, if you ever want to do anything other than be a worker bee, you need to get this shit into your head. Pass and off I've been to really, you. Yeah. <laughs> I wish there were more of you. But, you know, it, but that's the problem. Going back to the role models bit, um, I don't think enough women have shared that. No. The badass no. insight yeah. that we no. need. And just that, just that badassness of terms of harnessing the world and going out and changing things and having an opportunity as well. You know, just, I think you're, you're very much grown up and led to, you've just got to follow the rules and do that and, 
you know, and things might happen if you're lucky to get picked out. I think that's why things like, you know, X Factor just, people would all want to be the special chosen one, don't yeah. they? When actually, when you realise, that was a big turning point for me and what you're instilling in these girls, is that actually the world is out there and now more than ever you have access. It's so much easier, mm-hmm. cheaper, you can reach the things you want to reach mm-hmm. now, but having the role models that go, actually, you just go out there and take it. If mm-hmm. that's what you want, you have to go out there and get it. Yeah, it's, a, it's a confidence thing, isn't it? It's, it's absolutely essential. I think, well, I think it's I think it's an enabler. It's confidence, but it's knowing that actually you can, you do have the power to do that, mm-hmm. and you don't have to wait for permission or somebody to say that's okay. Off mm-hmm. you, and I think that's what you do. I think that's the way you're you're conditioned to think. Mm-hmm. There's a really interesting point in there about kind of women being critiqued as well, because um, Marissa Mayer was in the FT today talking yeah. about the fact that she thinks a lot of the um, media coverage around her leadership of Yahoo has been very gendered. Yeah. So it's, and I absolutely agree with her. I think it's almost impossible to read an article about her leadership without there being some reference to her gender in it. Um, but it really kind of brings back to me what you were saying, that which is that we need to teach girls that that right now, mm-hmm. right or wrongly, that is a fact mm-hmm. of life, mm-hmm. and you are going to be criticised more, and you are going to be held up to a different standard, and more is going to be required of you. So you have to get tougher about it, mm-hmm. um, which is just an interesting thought. I'm going to flip it now. So it's always really great when I come to these things and I ask the panel to like pick out a news story they've seen or something that's really interested them, and then they pick out a news story that I've written, <laughs> which I promise I did not set up, but I was really thrilled. Um, thanks, Rach. So uh, this week, um, as well as... Michelle Obama endorsing her. Hillary Clinton had to announce who was going to be her VP, her vice president and her running mate. And on the back of that, because it's such a kind of special and unique relationship, and if you've seen House of Cards or Scandal or The West Wing or anything like that, you know that that relationship is like a really fractious marriage. Um, Because that it made me think of this concept of the work spouse and having your work wife or work husband. And... That was really important for me because I have just gone freelance. So I basically divorced my work spouse. (laughs) I'm like a single woman again. Um, And I really feel that there's, it's a really unique and special relationship because we spend so much of our time at work that you do build these really close friendships that are in some ways, with people who are in some ways even more attuned to what's going on in your life than your Mm -hmm. actual spouse. Rachel, tell me, what was it about the article that kind of resonated with you? Um, It's quite a timely article, actually, because I'm just in the process of um, employing some. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. One new, and it's actually a close friend of mine, and it really um, made me think about it um what i what i thought was really thought provoking was the fact that if you do um you know if you're if you, you're crossing over work and life and and friendships um and you and, you know for, for me um bringing in friends into the business and i do already have three others um you know you're not actually uh, learning new things from new people so it's a good thing to put it, it out there to the to uh, other people and actually bring new thoughts and thinking in, into the business. I think it works, it can work, as the other friends that I do have within the business, they only do one or two days, um, and they're super skilled and they, they can do it from, from wherever, so they're not always there all of the time. Um, but then this new role will be a full-time role, so it has actually made me stop and think. And how do you think you're going to manage that relationship? Because you said you've already got a friendship. How do you convert it into a working relationship or or is that where we're going wrong should we should we look to our working relationships to act in the same way that our friendships do well you know um this person knows me better than anyone else i actually think it it, it probably will work really well but we do have to have a conversation which we are actually having tomorrow night about all eventualities what will happen if that person leaves obviously i will support that person and yeah, I think it's just a, a conversation that you have to thrash out at the beginning and see how you both feel about it. It's sort of like when you get married and they send you for kind of pre-marriage counselling. Emma, you definitely. I'm so I I know you. I'm going to say that I think you clearly have a work wife. I do Would have you? a work wife. <laughs> I have a work husband. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. Yes, I do, and I feel incredibly lucky because uh, Leah, who works with me, who um, started as an intern, and I now. She just feels like a massive partner in my business. You know, she she's invested in my business and she's invested in me. And she's been she has been a massive shift. And I've realised that when you actually have that chemistry with somebody, you know, and we do have a relationship and it does go through ebb and flows. And I think, you know, what works with us is that we are completely honest. We have honest, and you know, I will. I find being older now, I can have those tough conversations, and I think that's what you need to have to have mm. those friendships. If you're working with people or employing people where you're, you are, you know, you are technically the boss, you need to be able to have those tough conversations. And with Leah, we're honest all the time. So I have a, that's the culture of my business as well. You know, no one get, waits for six months to get feedback. If something's not right, it's not right. This is why. This is how we're going to fix it, and we're not going to do it again. And she, I'm really forcing her to have tough conversations now as well. So. And it has to be within the same day. You can't even let yeah, it. Yeah, you can't wait for that because then it becomes a big deal when it doesn't doesn't need to. But, you know, she's 25 and I just feel like I'm trying to instill a lot of the things that it's taken me, you know, years to master. But they're having a tough conversation. So when she's pissed off, she has to tell me. And she's had, we've had a couple of times where it's been really tough. She's not liked a decision that I've made. But I encourage her to argue with me. She doesn't, 
She doesn't always agree with me. We have to justify our decision, so it's not like my rule goes. But yeah, it's um, it's a fantastic relationship. But I yeah. What would happen though <laughs> if she left you? What yeah. happens if some better work oh, spouse girl. comes around yeah. her? She yeah. would be killed. <laughs> I, like no, I, I always say to her, we are, it's a running joke. I always say to her, look, you need to record the stuff you're doing with me, record your achievements, write that down, store that shit. So if you want to go and work somewhere else, you've got some incredible stories to tell. She's like, yeah, but I'm never going to leave you. I'm like, well, hopefully you're not. Hopefully you'll stay with me forever. But I just, I always have this thing. People are on their own journey. And I, I don't take it as rejection because, you know, what's right for her now is right and it's fantastic. But there will be a time when the the right... And I, I genuinely... I. I would do everything in my power to make sure... I, well, actually, I had, I had a condition. I said, you can leave me and not work for me, but it has to be a fucking incredible job. <laughs> if you leave me and go and work and just do something that's, you know, um, mediocre, I said, I'm, I will be really upset mm. about that because I want you to leave and go somewhere that's going to be better and incredible and take you on the journey and help you achieve the potential that I see in you. So if you just go and work somewhere shit, then, yeah, that's really be well funny. upset. So that's what my first ever boss, who was... I, described in this article as my first work husband right. that was what he used to say to me he was like you can leave but you have to leave to yeah. go and do something fucking brilliant yes, exactly. and if you do that that's okay and I left him to go and work at the Guardian and he loved that oh, yeah. it was like um, what's that film an indecent proposal right. so it's like okay yeah. well it's okay if you sleep with my wife because it's Robert Redford so that's fine <laughs> <laughs> like, if you leave and go somewhere shit then actually I feel like I've failed yeah. I feel like I've not given you an opportunity and I've not been a boss to give you a place where you thrive and you feel happy and if I haven't even had a heads up that you want to leave then what the fuck have I been doing yeah. like so yeah uh, what about you so uh, yeah but 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 two, two perspectives uh so people in my team that because we work closely together um and over the years especially when I had employees you put so much of yourself and your time into people but I always knew that they would only be with me for a short period of time. So it was then about helping them get to the next job or the next thing. So that was fine. Was, was that preparing you for in case they left or you'd had that conversation? Maybe it had that conversation because we started with an intern programme. They were always going off to do something else anyway. But, you know, one of my first interns is now my, my business partner. But the, the, but the flip side of this, my first business partner left after... She didn't come back after Matt leave. And I swear to you, I, only, I didn't realise it until maybe a year ago but I was heartbroken as in I think the same sort of heartbroken that you get in a relationship so I was actually comparing it with how I felt with like a guy and I was like this is the same thing (laughs) what's the learning here and I I, but I was I was actually heartbroken and we tried to we we did have a friendship um that we tried to sort of maintain afterwards but I always had a feeling of you left me you left me behind Mm -hmm. and it really hurt what did I do wrong yeah because we'd be in the office like a gut, we'd be in the office talking about our hopes and dreams and desires until midnight and drinking champagne. And it was like, I never need, I didn't need to go home. She did. She had her husband and, you know, she was like having sex and having babies. Um, but so I was in my element. And I think there is that, you know, for anyone that's thinking about starting a business or is starting a business, when you have a founder or a business partner and your founder is thinking about that relationship because someone might leave, they might move on, they might want different things. How were you going to handle that and then move the business forward? Because that was what I found really difficult for the first year or two after she left. What I do next, because we were so 
in Toronto, you know, you know what's what. Yeah, I mean, we we went through the same thing at the same time, actually. Yeah. I also had a business partner, and she went and left, and I was heartbroken. And it's you have you kind of have to face up to your worst fears right at the beginning. I think. Did you know you were heartbroken? Still heartbroken. I, <laughs> <laughs> I understand the reasons why, but it's still a bit. I miss her. Yeah, yeah it's lonely. I'm doing it on your own. <laughs> So I subject that right now I'm flirting with polyamory. So rather than having one work spouse, I've got like a long list of people that I kind of randomly email throughout the day being like, I'm panicking, what do I do about this? That's your board of directors, actually. That's your personal board of directors. Personal board of directors. Or polyamory. Um, So we're going to talk, go into our main section now and actually talk a little bit about, we've kind of, gone through the topic but actually talk about business and what it's like to start a business and what it's like to be a business owner because you all are and I said before that I'm kind of just starting out having my own business and I actually ordered a t-shirt that I really wanted to wear tonight but it Mm. hasn't arrived and it says um I'm an entrepreneur bitch on it and I was was so excited Tyra Banks has the same one (laughs) tees and totes yes okay Uh let's give a shout out to tees and totes yeah love tees and totes look them up uh, on Instagram and stuff we'll we'll put them in the podcast links yeah um, so yes, I ordered the t-shirt, but it hasn't arrived, so I feel like I'm not a complete entrepreneur yet. Um, <laughs> but I was saying to the girls earlier, I was so excited, and I had my first week with my own business, and I everyone was like, how's it going? I was like, it's the greatest thing I've ever done. It's amazing. And I'm on week two and two days, and I came in today, and I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I could do it. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about what that kind of starting out fear is like, what it's like to be the sole person in charge. And also, I think this trend that I see more and more, which is women taking control of their own careers and deciding, mm-hmm. actually, if business isn't going to work with them, they're going to change business on their own way. Um, and I talk about this as a fantastic tweet that I once saw, which said, um, why do we keep asking... I'm obviously not what it said, because more than 40 characters, but bear with me. So why do, we, why do we keep asking why women leave businesses? The answer is obvious. Women leave because they simply have less tolerance for bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, personally, that that's really true. Emma, when you left and you decided you were going to start your own business, how much of your decision was based on less tolerance for bullshit? Uh, a lot. Uh, massive amounts massive amounts <laughs> I was always like I love work I get so much from work I've had so many amazing opportunities but there was so much bullshit around work like okay you've got to be in this horrible office 9 to 5 Monday to Friday if you're a bit late then we're going to be passive aggressive towards you and just go mm, what time do you call this then they're then going to make me sign off holiday and I can only have like 22.5 days holiday and oh well you took that sick leave but maybe you shouldn't I was just like this is total nonsense and uh, it infuriated me and it stifled my, my creativity and yeah and that was one of the reasons to set up my own job I think one of my my core drivers is freedom mm-hmm. and you know I just didn't get it I was like I'm motivated I will work really hard for you but yet you're treating me like a child so I wrote that article for you in the Guardian saying work is school for grown-ups it's like mm-hmm. that halfway house mm-hmm. between um, school and prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. It is. You've got all these rules, and every and everybody's like Monday to Friday. I'm literally going to like 
be just totally committed to my job for a company that wants to pay you the minimum amount that doesn't really care about you mm-hmm. and then at the weekends I'm so fucking miserable I'm going to spend all my salary in a shopping mall <laughs> getting drunk <laughs> and then what you realise because your biggest fear when you leave a job is I'm not going to have that monthly paycheck <laughs> and then you leave and you're like actually I've got more money than ever because I don't have to spend it doing all the stuff I was doing to distract me from the from the fact that I was stuck in this job that I you know so uh, it's a very interesting um <laughs> Yes, <laughs> we've all. I think we've all been there. As you're, yeah, as you're, spe- you know, spending that bit of money, you're like, oh, I can't, right. I can't go back. And I go into yeah. offices now, and I'm so because you know I don't have an office as a business, still don't. You know that was cost, and now I'm like, actually, what do I feel like doing today? Oh, I feel like being sociable today. What do I feel like today? I just want to be at home in my pajamas, thanks. And having that is just incredible. I love it. And actually, you get so much more work done. You do, and you go into an office now, and I'm. I actually feel a bit anxious. <laughs> I can't cope. So how do you manage, Rachel, that kind of fear of starting out? So when you decided to take the plunge, yeah. tell me about your kind of mental thought process for the first couple of weeks. What was it like? Well, I, um, I have uh, an unusual story. I was actually inspired to do it because I came back uh, from a travelling trip to the sad news that a really good friend of mine had died in a plane crash and it was a real epiphany moment that life is short um, and you should really, if you're passionate about something, that then you should really do something about it. So um, I worked in music television prior for 10 years. I knew nothing about the jewellery industry, never made it before. But I've been travelling and met this really inspiring lady who'd given me a taste for it and I, I really enjoyed it. So on hearing the news, I just thought, you know what, sod this. I'm going to do it and I set up a market stall on Spitterfields Market in 2009 just to get a feel for whether people would would like my designs and what sort of price points um, it should be and I did this for about three years and um, I sort of sat on the fence for a few years I did go back and freelance uh, at my previous job just to to help with money because I'd spent it all on this wonderful (laughs) travelling trip and um, yeah it was the best thing that I ever did and really really pleased that um, I did take the leap of faith um, yeah, and now we're nearly turning over a million quid, so Ooh, it worked out in the end. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I do remember the first moment. Um, so at first, I, I I worked from my back kitchen table actually for a number of years, and then took the plunge and took an office uh, in Shoreditch. Actually, it was the uh, same time as you did, and um, I remember walking into that that <laughs> studio. Um, it was quite big at the time because there was just me, and I was like. All right. <laughs> what do I do now? So the market stall. It's like, okay, what happens now? And um, I felt like that for a week, a little bit of a out of body experience. We just, I just blocked it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.